Hey friends, well, after a long and for many of you cold winter, are you ready to bring the spirit of the islands into your home? Look no further than Home Threads, where comfort meets coastal living. At HomeThreads.com, you can discover a collection inspired by the tranquility of the beach. From breezy linens to stylish coastal decor, they've got everything you need to turn your home into a seaside retreat, and always at the best value. If you haven't been to the Home Threads website yet, you have to go check it out, see their beautiful bedding, everything they have for your kitchen, lighting, workspace, and a gift guide, which has something for everyone on your list. I'm thinking ahead to Mother's Day, Father's Day, anniversaries, birthdays, and more. So visit homethreads.com forward slash Monica and get a code for 15% off your first order. Because whether you're on the islands or dreaming of the sea, Home Threads brings the beach to you. Home Threads, love where you live. Christian Parenting Aloha friends, welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast, powered by Christian Parenting. I am Monica Swanson, mom to four boys, podcast host and author of Boy Mom, What Your Son Needs Most From You. Here on the podcast, it's my goal to bring you practical advice and biblical wisdom for raising boys in this sometimes crazy world. You can always find show notes over at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Aloha and welcome to the 100th episode of the Boy Mom Podcast. I'm so glad you're here with me to help me celebrate, and that's what I want this episode to be, is a big celebration. We've got a lot of fun stuff ahead today, so I'm really glad you're here with me. Now, I want to start by just saying thank you to so many of you. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Thank you for sharing this podcast. Thank you for your ratings and reviews. I also want to thank my family um, for all the support, for all the patience as I've been learning and growing with this podcast. It takes a lot of time and energy. And my family's been so good to me. To my college boys, if you might tune in, Josiah and Jonah, thanks for all the tech support and encouragement along the way. My husband, Dave, has been so helpful. My boys, Luke and Levi, for being quiet when I'm recording and just helping me out and cheering me on. I also want to thank Christian Parenting Podcast Network for coming alongside me, for producing and editing these episodes, for all the support. And finally, I want to thank the Lord just for His goodness to me, for giving me this opportunity to do what I love to do, encouraging moms really all over the world, and just His goodness to me. I'm humbled and grateful. And so guys, thank you. And today we've got a lot of fun stuff. We've got some giveaways ahead. And what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to share clips from the most downloaded episodes out of the last 99. We're sharing seven of the most downloaded episodes. These are going to be short clips and they really cover a wide range of people and topics. So I think it's going to be super fun. I'll be sure to share which episode um, each one is from so that if you missed it or want to revisit it, you can go back and listen to it in the archives. Also, for every topic or every person that I'm sharing today, I'm going to have a giveaway. 
all of the people who I'm sharing from have offered to give away a copy of their book and some of them will be signed copies. So what you can do to enter to win is to go over to show notes and just leave a comment. I'll have a question there. You can leave a comment and you will be entered to win a copy of one of the books represented today. So show notes are found at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. And for today's episode, you can go to monicaswanson.com forward slash episode dash 100. Okay, guys, so I'm going to kick things off with a short clip from my very first episode, which I'm grateful that it's one of the top most downloaded episodes because I really like to think that most of you have some idea who I am and how I got here. So if you haven't listened to that first introductory episode, please go back to number one, have a listen. I think you'll learn a lot about me and my family and my journey, but this short clip is going to take off from part of my story. Just when we had moved to Hawaii, went through some real challenging times, just being a mom to two little boys with a husband who worked a whole lot. And this just is a short clip from that and kind of the point in my journey where things started to turn around. But the good news is this turned out to be a pivotal time in my parenting journey. When I found out I was pregnant with our third son, Luke, I knew I had to make some changes or I would lose my mind. That's when I prayerfully and tearfully stepped back a little to see the big picture, and I realized that I had been parenting with my eyes on the daily grind. Now, I know that's easy to do, especially when kids are little, but it can make a mom really miserable and her whole family miserable too. You see, I had almost forgotten my ultimate goal when I started having kids, that of the future young men I was raising. And I realized then that this vision could actually shape even our early years, So I shifted my perspective, choosing to parent intentionally for the future young men my boys were becoming, and it changed everything. It changed my priorities. It helped me decide what was important and what wasn't. It helped me make decisions about everything from discipline to education, about how we would spend our time and how I would communicate with my sons. Now, parenting didn't suddenly get easy then, but it immediately began to be more meaningful. I began to parent with more dignity and less emotion. I began to enjoy my boys more, and I know they enjoyed me more. And though I never got perfect at all this, and I'm still not, over time I found our family was in a much more peaceful place. And it was nearly seven years after Luke was born, and just before I turned 40, that my husband and I decided to try for one more baby. Yes, we wondered if maybe we'd get a girl this time, but nine short months later, son number four was born. All right, guys. And like I said, you can go back to episode number one and hear the rest of that story and also learn just a little more about my family, my background, my blog, my book, all the rest. And um, also, I'm going to be giving away a copy of Boy Mom, What Your Son Needs Most From You. So be sure to go over to those show notes, enter to win a copy of each of the books in this episode. And now we're going to move on to episode number four with Wendy Speak. And Wendy's actually been on this podcast a number of times, but episode number four, she's with me to talk about boys and discipline. And I'm going to share a couple, I'm splicing together a couple different clips because there was so much good in this. So if you missed it or just need a refresher, you're going to want to go back to episode number four. And here's a little teaser. We don't need to be offended. No. Uh, often our mean responses in discipline are because we're so personally offended. Oh. But if we can change our mind about what their wrong behavior is about, mm-hmm. then we can actually enter in and do the job of parenting. It's their job at two 
<laughs> no. Yes. And it's our job at two to say, well, actually, little person, the answer is uh, yes, ma'am. <laughs> you oh, know? that is Help so get there. Just yes. like it's their job at 11 to want more freedom than that, what they're ready for. And it's their job at, you know, 13, 14, 50 to take it offended that they still don't have all their freedoms that they want. And it's mm-hmm. their job to go through these seasons. And mm-hmm. it's our job to not be offended, but to see that we're the mom that God intended to walk mm. through this season and uh, we can do it with loving kindness as the Lord has disciplined and brought us up into maturity. And what I've yes. learned is when I really am clawing my way mm. through trying to control them, their behavior and the way they're interacting with one another, that's when I act out of control. Yep. It's so ironic to me, but yes. it makes so much sense. Like it's, it's, it, I sound dumb when I say it, but when I feel out of control, I act out of control. Yes. But I've learned that a time comes when if they choose to do wrong after they know the way that they should go, right? The word says, train up a child in the way he should go mm-hmm. so that when he's older, he will not depart from it. Now, my tendency is to berate him for going the wrong way, but sure. no, I need to gently train him up in the way he should go. And if he willfully disobeys family rules, mm-hmm. is unkind to others in our home, mm-hmm. is deceitful, then there is a time where all that grace becomes the bedrock foundation for a well um, doled out discipline. Mm -hmm. Because I've learned that grace doesn't always change behavior, but a discipline gets their attention. Not not in anger, but because again, we've talked about love, right? Grace and love are so interchangeable. We've already laid the foundation of grace. We've laid the foundation of love. We are going to discipline them because we love them. It might not feel good to them, Mm -hmm. but taking away the phone or taking away the play date or the privilege that they had so that we can get their attention. You use the term in the boy mom book, currency, you know, finding their Mm -hmm. currency. And I'm a huge fan of knowing your kid's currency. Mm -hmm. One of them wants to go to his baseball practice and one of them wants the privilege of having a phone in their pocket. Mm -hmm. And one of them, you know, so learning the kid's currency and then using that because you love them for this benefit. Lots more where that came from in episode number four. And we're going to be giving away of a copy of a book that Wendy and Amber Leah co-authored called Parenting Scripts. When what you're saying isn't working, say something new. I love this book so much. It's so practical and so helpful in just learning to respond to our kids in the best way possible. So definitely enter to win a copy of Parenting Scripts over in show notes. And now we're moving on to the very next episode. It was actually episode number five where my son Jonah joined me to talk about raising a son who loves God. And people really appreciated hearing from Jonah. And since then, he's been on a number of times. But in this episode, he's talking about some of the things um, that were most helpful in shaping his faith as he grew up. And Jonah is now, as I record, um, a freshman in college. But at the time of this, he had just graduated high school. So I hope you enjoy this little clip from Jonah. One of the things I did when I first began following God on my own initiative was uh, realizing uh, the importance of discipleship and going into small groups. Mm -hmm. And um, 
being under the influence and guidance of youth leaders and people who are really uh, more wise than I am. And I think that that was a huge part of of growing up and making faith my own was also uh, surrounding myself with people who loved God as well and wanted to show me more about God. And yeah, that was and, a huge And you guys part. would what, do Bible studies? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we would meet up, uh, you know, at a coffee shop or something and bring our Bibles and bring um, notebooks and we just journal down different ways we can be encouraging and challenging each other and interpreting scripture and looking at it in different ways. And um, so small groups and discipleship, that was huge. Also, for those of you who are newer around here, Jonah does have his own podcast called The Truth for Youth Podcast, which a lot of adults have enjoyed, but he is really targeting uh, teenagers and young adults. And he's taking a little break while he finishes out his college um, freshman year right now, but there's quite a few episodes up. So I'll be linking to Jonah's podcast in show notes. If you enjoyed listening to him, I think you'd really enjoy his podcast. I He's such a natural. He's way better at it than I am. And so I think you and your kids might enjoy checking that out. And now we're going to move on to a clip. Actually, I'm putting a couple clips together um, from episode number 27 with Brooke McLaughlin. And Brooke wrote the book, Praying for Boys. She's actually written a number of great books, um, but we are talking about her book, Praying for Boys. And oh my goodness, this was such a great episode. For many of these today, it was so hard for me to choose. I took like so many clips and I'm like, no, I want to share this one. I want to share this one. So promise me if you haven't heard it or if it's been a while that you'll go back and listen to these in full. But episode number 27, Brooke and I talked about praying for our boys. And here's a couple short clips spliced together. I hope you enjoy. I found myself really feeling like I had to hide from the world around me mm. because this per- perfect persona that I had, you know, this Miss goal oriented, like just work hard, get it done. That, that control, that, that yes. feeling of being in control that I wanted everybody to believe was me was not what was happening in our home. Sure. Yep. And so I started praying and in the beginning, I think my prayers were help me Lord. Like yes. I've joked and said, if you had walked by my house at any point, when my boys were super little, you probably could have heard me screaming, help me Jesus <laughs> at the top of my lungs. Like I just, I, I had this need, deep, yeah. desperate need for the Lord to do something like anything in my yes. home to fix what I really thought was my lack as a mother. And so I began praying those prayers of desperation and uh, somewhere along the way, and I wish I could remember how this happened and I can't. Somewhere along the way, I came to Ezekiel 36, 26, which says that it is God who changes a heart of stone to a heart of flesh. Mm. And that verse was the beginning of everything for me because I realized that I could do everything right in my parenting and it was still going to be God who changed their hearts. Yeah. And so if, it, if that was true, then I needed to pray to the heart changer to ask him to do the work in my kids that I wanted him to do. And so that's when I began looking to the word of God itself 
to tell me what to pray for my kids because I didn't know what to pray. I, I did not. I feel like I want to tell your listeners, I did not come into this parenting gig, what I would call a, a prayer warrior. I really right. didn't. This was something that God developed in me because of my kids. And um, so I started praying the word of God back to him and very simply just looking for things I wanted him to develop in them from scripture and praying that to him every day. And again, that was episode number 27. And we will be giving away. Brooke is offering a copy of her book, Praying for Boys. So be sure again to go over to show notes, leave a comment, and you'll be entered to win a copy of Praying for Boys. You guys are going to love it. Okay. And next, we're going to jump up to episode number 40, where I interviewed Drew Dick. And Drew is just such a great guy. He's written a number of excellent books, but the book we're drawing from has one of my favorite titles ever. It is called Your Future Self Will Thank You, Secrets to Self-Control from the Bible and Brain Science. And then in parentheses, part of the title, A Guide for Sinners, Quitters, and Procrastinators. And I just love this book. I think it was so well written. If you haven't read it, you got to read it. And yes, I'll be linking to it in show notes. But um, this episode was super fun, really interesting to talk about self-control, self-control in our sons, and just really so much good stuff. But here is um, a couple short clips from Drew. I hope you enjoy. It's one of the big things that was an aha moment for me early on researching this was reading up about willpower. So mm. about 20 years ago, there's this landmark study that basically showed that willpower, that is your ability to withstand temptation, delay gratification, mm -hmm. do something difficult, is a finite resource. That is, it runs out, right? So you you might think that you can like hold off against temptation forever, but right. the truth is, even if you can the first time or two, you get weaker as you go and yes. eventually you become very vulnerable. And I started to think about that from a biblical perspective, and it makes a lot of sense out of what we see in scripture, like commands to flee temptation rather than mm -hmm. stand and fight it, right? God yep. knows that we're weak yes. and yes. <laughs> we get weaker yes. as we go. Totally. Um, so things like that were just really interesting to me. Uh, and then reading up about the the literature on habits was interesting as well, because the cool thing about habits, which are just automatic routines, right? They can be very yes. good or very bad things right. uh, that we have in our lives. We do them without thinking. But the beautiful thing about good habits anyway is that they don't take any willpower because mm -hmm. we're not consciously thinking about doing them. We're kind of on autopilot. Yes. So if you can build good habits into your life, and there's all, like, all kinds of brain science behind how to do that which as you know, I kind of sure. get into more in the book. Um, the, the beauty of that is you're not expending a ton of willpower. You're not like just kind of white knuckling it and having to grit it out at every point in your life. You can kind of let those good habits carry you. So that was really important for me to realize, you know, it's not always just about how inspired you are, or even about how much information you have. You know, if yes. we, if we were just creatures who responded to the knowledge in our head, wouldn't that be beautiful? But the truth uh -huh. is often when we know something is wrong, uh, we will do it anyway, just mm. because defaulting to bad habits. So to take a careful look at your habits, I realized was really a big part of this topic. But the good news is what I found both through the research and of course in scripture is that people can change. You can grow. Um, that, that you know, exactly praise God. Indeed. Willpower uh, and self-control is kind of like a muscle. The more you use it, the stronger it gets. So that's good news for folks like me. 
right. Again, you can check episode number 40 to listen to that entire episode. And Drew will be giving away a copy of his book, Your Future Self. Well, thank you. So go to show notes to find out more about all of that. And now we're going to move on and we're going to share clips from two people who actually work together. So I had two separate episodes, but we're going to hear from both Sissy Goff and then David Thomas. And Sissy and David are both counselors at Daystar Counseling Center, a very um, well-known counseling center in Tennessee. They're incredible people. They've written books together. They have a podcast called Raising Boys and Girls. They have so much to offer. But Sissy joined me to talk about kids who worry, about kids who are dealing with anxiety, especially in light of the pandemic, but I think her advice and her wisdom was timeless. And I think it's really important for parents to tune into this one. So here are a couple clips from Sissy Goff in episode 72. If a parent has anxiety, a child is seven times more likely to have it themselves. And so there's this trickle down phenomenon. And they absorb any anxiety that we're feeling. And so the problem in that, again, is I think we're more anxious. We were already anxious moving into the pandemic. But now there's this spillover of we don't know what's coming either. And and kids just are like little sponges. So whether we're anxious or even if we're mad, if we're frustrated about how things are being handled, they're absorbing every bit of that. And then I think emotionally, they kind of wear outside of themselves what we do a better job, probably to our detriment of stuffing. And you probably know this already, but anxiety starts really in our brains and it starts in milliseconds. What happens is that, you know, when you and I are sitting here having a conversation, we have blood flowing all throughout our brain, including getting to our prefrontal cortex, which helps us think rationally and manage our emotions. When we get anxious, when something comes within, again, fractions of a second, the blood flow in our brain shifts away from the prefrontal cortex and to the amygdala. And the amygdala is the fight or flight region of our brain. And so when I talk to parents who have anxious kids, they'll say things like, they're like a crazy person. I can't talk them out of it when they get to that place. And it often looks like anger because they've just lost control and it's fight or flight. Well, that's exactly right. They can't reason when they're in that place. Until we can calm their body down, they can't even do that. And so for grownups, it's the same. I mean, we've got to calm our bodies back down to even get to a place where we can talk ourselves out of it. Basically, anything that involves the senses is what we would call grounding. And grounding is a cognitive behavioral therapy technique. And so like my favorite one is five, four, three, two, one. So basically... They would, you would sit with your child or you can do this yourself if you're getting anxious and you would pick five things you see, four things you hear, three things you feel, two things you smell, and one thing you taste. And I always get it mixed up. You can go in any kind of order, but something like that, that involves the senses, which is why I like the square breathing because drawing on your leg is actually a grounding technique too. Or I'll have kids do math problems, you know, count backwards from a hundred. If they're teenagers, I'll have them count backwards by sevens because that's a little more complicated. Or another great one is memorizing scripture and going back to, especially if it's something about worry, you know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And we say it over and over and that has a calming. 
All right, guys, for more from Sissy on raising kids who worry, go to episode number 72. And next, we're going to hear from David Thomas, who was actually on two different episodes. We divided our chat into two episodes, number 78 and 80, where we covered the four emotional milestones we want our sons to reach. And then in episode 80 was the four social milestones we want our sons to reach. And we were drawing all of these from a book that Sissy and David wrote together with Melissa Trevathan. And it is called Are My Kids on Track? And it covers the four social, emotional, and spiritual milestones we want our kids to reach. And Sissy and David have offered to give away a copy of that book. So you're going to love it. Such a helpful book. Be sure to go over to show notes to enter to win a copy. And now I'm going to share a short clip. Um, We're going to cover just the first two emotional milestones and the first two social milestones we want our sons to reach. And then you can listen to the full episodes over in number 78 and 80 with David Thomas. Hope you enjoy. The four emotional milestones... I'll define those and then we can talk about some of the stumbling blocks and building blocks. The first is the milestone of vocabulary. And that is just developing a true emotional vocabulary. And and here's a great example of the statement I just made a few minutes ago. You know, now more than ever, I'm hearing kids use these big, strong, exaggerated words to describe Mm -hmm. their experience because I don't think they have an emotional vocabulary. So Mm -hmm. Rarely anymore do I hear kids say, you know, I felt sad about that happening. They say, I feel depressed. They don't say, I feel worried. They say, I have anxiety. Mm. When I was growing up, if you felt really frustrated and wanted to make sure your parents knew, you know, I might have even thrown out a declaration like, I'm going to run away from home. Mm, Totally. And I even packed a duffel bag one time and made it about (laughs) halfway down the street and got scared (laughs) and came back. But, you know, Monica, I haven't heard in the last 10 years, a kid say, I'm going to run away from home or a parent report hearing that. And now what they say is I'm going to kill myself. Mm. And they're using these bigger words, these bigger declarations, because I don't think they have a true emotional vocabulary where they can anchor themselves accurately to what they're experiencing. And the second is the milestone of perspective and perspective is learning to categorize all the events of life accurately. So it's figuring out on a one to 10 scale that a one is losing my car keys and a 10 is losing a family member. Mm, But more than ever, we are seeing kids slam up against 10. They're living Mm, in a 10 space over insignificant events. Like Mm -hmm. it's daily that I will hear a parent in my office say, I told him to hand me the iPad or I told him to turn off the gaming system and he erupted like oh. it was the most volatile, explosive response. And certainly there's a, a cognitive component to that as well with what we know happens for a lot of boys when they engage gaming and um, yep, yep. watching with technology, but there's an emotional part of that as well. Mm-hmm. So just learning to regulate and categorize the events of life accurately is, what's that that, is what, what that milestone's about. It is huge. It's so huge. But the four, the four social that we talk about, the first is the milestone of awareness. And Generally speaking, and there certainly are exceptions to every rule, but generally speaking, girls are going to be a little stronger in awareness. In fact, girls can be hyper aware. They can Mm -hmm. be too aware, too consumed with social circumstances. Boys can struggle with a lack of awareness more oftentimes. We have to work a little harder to kind of help them develop 
stronger awareness of self and others both. We can talk more about right. that in a minute. The second is the milestone of reciprocity. And that's a big fancy word for just the give and take of relationship, the back yes. and forth. And um, in, in that every healthy relationship, every healthy conversation is going to be a two-way street. You know, every healthy conversation is going to involve hopefully me listening and talking, mm-hmm. answering questions and asking questions. And so it's developing mastery around the rhythm and the pace and the mm. consistency of that. All right, guys, that's David Thomas. And again, catch him in episodes 78 and 80. They were both so good. Uh, and again, his book that he wrote along with Melissa Trevathan and Sissy Goff is called Are My Kids on Track? And you can enter to win that over in show notes. Again, I will be linking to all of these people, their websites, if they have podcasts or anything else in show notes as well. So go over to monicaswanson.com forward slash episode dash 100. Lots of links and opportunities to win all these different books, including a copy of Boy Mom. Guys, happy 100th. Thank you so much for being here for these last 100 episodes. And here's the 100 more, right? We have so many great topics and interviews lined up for this spring and summer. I'm just super excited. I'm going to be busy at work here, but I just want to thank you for making this community what it is. Without you, this wouldn't be. So thanks to those of you who have shared episodes, who have commented on posts, who have shared on social media or told your friends about it, left ratings and reviews. If you haven't subscribed yet to this podcast, that's the best way to never miss an episode also, maybe even better, is to become an email subscriber because I do send out an email each week with whatever the podcast is about and anything else new, exciting, or interesting. Um, And you can subscribe to my email list at monicaswanson.com forward slash subscribe. Okay, friends, God bless you. Thanks again. Have a wonderful rest of your week. And until next time, aloha. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.